You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to share a message with you today. Safe in the strong hands of God. Strong in His safe hands. Amen? His strong hands. A beautiful life is not something that just happens. It's built. Takes a lot of determination. Takes some serious focus. Some energy, some commitment. But a good life just doesn't just happen. You have your part to play. Amen? A beautiful life is what God has planned for us. I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. But we have our part to play. Amen. Are you ready to play your part? Are you ready to do what you have to do? Well, today's message is going to help you to reset your faith so that God can take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Amen. We're not here to get used to doubt. We're not here to get used to fear, worrying, condemnation, guilt. But we are here for our hearts to be filled with the love of God, with faith, with His righteousness. To embrace what Jesus has done for us on the cross. To have a clear vision of what God has planned for you. A man without a vision is a man without a purpose. Do you know that God has planned good things for you? Turn to the person next to you and say, God has planned good things for you. The greatest challenge that you are facing, the question I have to ask you is, do you believe God has planned good things for you? Do you believe with all your heart that God wants to manifest all those things in your life? It was A.W. Tozer that said, if you want to know the direction of a church, find out what the leadership of that church believes about God. If they believe that all things are possible, if they believe that God is a big God, that He's a great God, you know exactly where that church is going. But if you don't know what they believe about God, vision, purpose, destiny, the enemy wants you to be derailed, wants to take you off course. God wants to help us to stay on track, to take us from where we are to where He wants us to be. Amen. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 3, and I'm going to be using the Passion Translation as well. It says, so search your hearts every day. Turn to the person next to you and say, search your heart every day. It sounds so simple, but look and see what's going on in your heart every day. My brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. For it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we are mingled with the Messiah if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. Listen to me. Unbelief can lead you astray. It's important for us to remain in faith 
at all times. An evil heart, a heart of unbelief, can make you unresponsive towards God. God can tell you, I've planned good things for you. God can say, I want to bless the work of your hands. God can say to you, I'm going to take you from where you are to where I want you to be, out of Egypt into the promised land. But if your heart is filled with unbelief, you'll be unresponsive. Many people have lost their confidence in Christ Jesus. You used to believe that all things are possible. You used to believe that God is busy perfecting everything concerning you. But now you've lost that confidence. The journey has been very long. The stretch has been longer than what you thought. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? What confidence am I talking about? The confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. The confidence that you know that God is busy perfecting everything concerning you. The confidence that you have that the light of God's favor is shining upon all your ways. Turn to the person next to you, look them straight into the eyes and say, God holds your life in his hands. You know, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had this confidence where they could say to the king, whether our God delivers us or not, he's our deliverer. That's the confidence I'm talking about. Not to change your confession when the situation has not changed. Whether he heals me or not, he's my healer. Whether I have a lot in the bank account or not, he's my provider. Because he said he will meet every need. Many people have lost that confidence. That which they first believed about God, they've lost it. And we are here today to reset your faith. That you can put your confidence back in God. Knowing that he will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. That he holds your future in his hands. That he's busy perfecting everything concerning you. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot change. Even when you've been unfaithful, he remains faithful. Wow. Give the Lord a hand just for being God. This word renews and refreshes our way of thinking. And his spirit strengthens us in our inner man and has an effect upon our bodies, our behavior and everything. September is our birthday month. We are celebrating 20 years of grace and miracles. Do you know what's the greatest gift that we can give God in this time? I want to challenge you, spend some, as much time in the word of God as you can. Let the Word of God refresh you. Let the Word of God renew your mind. Let the Word of God once again give you a prophetic picture of the good future that He has planned for you. That you would believe more than ever before. This is the only thing that's stable. Jesus, the Word that manifested, became flesh, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we're going to base our faith, our belief on anything, it must be on something that's stable. It's the word of God. Amen? Do you still believe that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when you are in Christ, you've become a new creation. When you are in Christ, it means you occupy a seat of power. 
power with power. It means you are seated in heavenly places and you have a heavenly view and perspective of the things going on. It means that when you are praying, you're not praying here from earth to heaven, but you are seated in heavenly places looking down, praying, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. You're on earth as it is in heaven. It means that God has deposited his ability on the inside of you. You are created with power. You are created with strength. Everything that Jesus came to do was to bring heaven's atmosphere back here on earth. You have to be prepared to renew your mind. Faith is never the problem. Believing is the problem. Faith is something you have. It comes by the word of God. It can never change. And it's being deposited on the inside of us. By grace you have been saved through faith. Where did you get that faith to get saved? Christ deposited mustard seed faith on the inside of us. Mustard seed faith is enough to move a mountain of sin, a mountain of problems. The problem is believing. What did the man say when Jesus came and his son was demon-possessed? Did he say, I don't have faith? No, he said, I believe you can do it. Help my unbelief. He says, I believe that you can help others. I believe that you're the healer. I believe you're the deliverer. I just don't believe you want to do it for me. Can do it for me. Am I talking to the right people here today? Turn to the person next to you say, it's time to reset your faith. It's time to renew your mind. Time to renew your mind. There are many things that seem unchangeable. But with God, nothing is impossible. Imagine living a life without guilt. Living a life without fear. Living a life without condemnation. Am I talking to the right people here? It's that awareness of Christ's righteousness that brings an awareness of His power. That you're in right standing with God. He who knew no sin became sin. So that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That sense of righteousness brings a sense of God's power. It's not something that happens on the outside. If your life is in chaos on the outside, that's one thing. But the righteousness that we are talking about is something that happens on the inside. When Christ makes your heart righteous, sanctifies it, declares it holy, and His peace lives on the inside, reigns in your heart, then even when there's turmoil there, His peace ruling from here will show you and guide you what to do. What am I saying? When your spiritual life is secure, things in the natural will start to fall in place. But what we want to do is we first want everything on the outside to be fine. Then we say we'll give attention to our spiritual lives. Am I talking to the right people here? First on the inside. When you start to prosper in your spiritual life first, the other things will fall in place. That's the order. First the spirit, then these things. First seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Then all the things get added. What do we do? We run after the add-ons. And we think we've got all the add-ons, we are spiritual. First the spiritual life, then the rest. The first place you are to prosper as a Christian is in your spirit. Peace of heart. Peace of heart. When that spiritual life is secure, everything around you will start to fall into place. We can know when somebody is influenced more by their feelings than by the peace of God in their hearts. Influenced by what you are seeing, by what you are hearing, what people are saying about you, pointing of fingers, condemning you, saying nasty things. Turn to the person next to you and say, God holds your life in his hands. When your conscience bears witness, even when there's a fiery furnace and you're going to be thrown into the furnace, your confession will not change because your belief in God is not changed. That's where we want to get to. That solid foundation that we have in Christ Jesus. You can have many copies of the Word of God lying around in your house, but the most important thing is how much of this is in your heart. Because many Bibles in your house does not change your life. It just means you've bought a lot of Bibles. But when you've got the Word of God in your heart, it changes you. When you allow this to become an integral part of your life, by its very nature, it will change you. And you'll find yourself acting with God, walking with God, planning with God. Israel was taken out of Egypt on the way to the promised land. And as soon as Moses was not around, what did they do? They made a golden calf. Their situation had changed. They were out of bondage. They had plundered the Egyptians took their gold and their silver. They had the money on the way to the promised land. And as soon as Moses was not there, they all fell into idolatry. So if your situation changes on the outside and you've not given God the rightful place on the inside, the blessing that will come, instead of being a blessing, it will become a curse because you'll make an idol of it. Too many Christians have written this test of the golden calf, which was intended for the temple, for the tabernacle. And they use it for a golden calf. That which is intended for the temple, if you don't use it for the temple, it will go wasted. Go read what Moses did. He took that golden calf and he ground it to powder and he made them drink it. Went into their system and out. Useless. I know you all had biology until grade nine, so you know where it went and how it works. Amen. This word, when there's challenges and you confess it and you declare it, 
like the word became flesh and it manifested and we could behold its glory in the same way as you declare this word in your situation and circumstances, it will manifest and you'll see its glory and your situation and circumstances will start to change. This word has got healing power. It's got deliverance power. It's got sanctification power. But we think it's just a book. We think it's just letters that we are reading. This is God himself. The word of God cannot fail without God failing. And that's impossible. Can I tell you what you need to do when you face a difficult situation? The first thing, if this is your difficult situation, put this situation in the hands of God so that he can put his peace in your heart. But we hold on to this and it steals our peace because we want to solve it. But Jesus died on the cross for all fundamental problems to solve it once and for all. So I don't know what test I'm going through now. I'm going through a time of testing and temptation. Keep your peace. Jesus went through exactly the same. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tested in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days. The devil tempted him. But the answer was the word of God. He responded with the word of God. It is written. This is our weapon. It is written. It is written. Do you have a pain in your body? By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Is there lack? Christ will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Start to declare the word of God. Not what you see, what you feel, what you hear. Start to confess what you believe. When our Savior was tempted and tested, he used the word of God. It is written. Can I give some advice to Christians? Jesus, the Son of God, nobody was closer to God the Father than our Jesus. And he was tempted. It doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, you can still be tempted. Turn to the person on the other side and say, you can still be tempted. Jesus was tempted, but Jesus never tempted the devil. There's a whole sermon just in that. Many of you, the problems that you are facing, because you are tempting the devil. By where you are going, by what you are doing, by what you are saying. Jesus never tempted the devil. Don't tempt the devil. simply said to his accuser, it is written. When the enemy comes to accuse you, it is written. It is written. When last did you take out that prophecy, that word, that vision that God gave you? When last did you take the scripture that God gave you and declare it? When last did you just say, God, this is what you promised. This is what you said. And declare it and say it. And know that when you are saying and declaring it, it's not just your words that's going out, but it's God's word going out. Many are fighting without. But the real battle is within. 
Get the peace of God back in your heart. Amen. Are you ready for change? Who of you love change? Let me see your hand. Are you all love change? <laughs> Most people don't like change. Most people don't like change. But that's the one thing that's constant. God wants to change us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. Do you know what that means? He's going to stretch your capacity to do more. You know, when you start gymming and you say your body is sore and painful, never ask the instructor, when does it get better or feel better? He will tell you, never. The only thing that happens is the weight gets heavier and your ability, what you can lift, becomes more. So God is here to stretch us. Amen? So that we can be transformed and become more like Him. There are so many uncertainties in this world that makes us uncomfortable. We're going to be changed. We are being changed. 1 Corinthians 15, go read it from 51 to 52, that on that day we will all be transformed. Transformed. So who you are now, a year from now, you're not going to look the same. If you allow the Word of God to work in you, you allow it in your heart with meekness, the Bible says it will save your soul. So your way of thinking will change. The language that you use will change. I read something in the past week in a book. I think by the age of 17, the average person has heard no 150,000 times, or 150 million times, something crazy. And I think one-tenth of that they've heard yes. So they've heard no, it's not possible, more than yes, it's possible. Am I talking to the right people here? So when God says, I'm going to do it, the majority is probably going to say, no, it's not possible. It's what happened when they went into the promised land. Ten said no, only two said yes. Can you see how important it is to have that assurity in your heart? What God has told you, that's your promised land. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye, say, in the promised land, there's high walls and giants. So if you walk into the promised land and you see giants and you believe what you are feeling, they are bigger than me. They are louder than me. They are nastier than me. They have bigger weapons than me. And your faith is based on what you are feeling. Guess what? That faith that you have is going to diminish. You're going to believe what you see instead of what God has said. Always remember the promise that God has given you. Always remember that God holds your future in his hands. I love it. Moses. Moses, the man of God, was secure in what God was doing in his life. He knew God was holding his future in his hands. Difficulties that he's faced. Can you imagine moving out of Egypt to the promised land and here is a Red Sea. 
a wall. From a natural point of view, there's no way out. But he says, God, I'm following your direction. From behind, the Egyptians are coming to kill them. From behind. On the sides, they are trapped in a valley. So there's no way out. What does God say to him in that situation? Don't cry out to me. Be still. Be still. Be still. Why? He had the revelation and understanding that if God is for me, who can be against me? There can be a Red Sea in front of me. There can be Egyptians behind me and I can be trapped in a valley. But if God is for me, who can be against me? We need that assurance in our hearts. Romans 8 verse 32 says, For God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. We'll just go to verse 31. So what does it all mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? The New King James says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32 says, If He did not withhold Jesus, His most precious the beauty of heaven from you and me, but send him when we didn't even know that we needed him. Why will he withhold any good thing from you? You need a revelation and understanding in what you've been facing that those that are for you are more than those that are against you. When God opens your spiritual eyes, you'll see the heavenly host. From scripture we know a third of the angels were cast out of heaven. What does that mean? For every one devil, there's two angels. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's never a fair fight. <laughs> it's never a fair fight. There are two angels for every one demon. That's a part of the Holy Spirit. That's a part from His fire burning around you, His fire within you. That's a part from His blood that covers you. That's a part from being under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a part from God stretching out His mighty right hand and causing the light of His favor to shine upon all your ways, expelling all shades of darkness. We need to reset our faith and know that the blessing is greater than the curse, that light expels darkness. So what should our response then be when all these things come against us? All these challenges. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? The thing that grips people's heart is fear. Fear. And fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. One thing I want to say, when fear wants to grip your heart, go to a brother to pray with you, a sister to pray with you. Let somebody stand with you. More important, ask God for wisdom what to do so that you can rise above the fear. You know, when fear wanted to grip David's heart and Saul wanted to kill him, he said, I better get out of here. Let me not hang around here. This guy's going to kill me. I'm going to go to where I know he wouldn't come. I'm going to go to the Philistines. And he went there and he stayed there with him. He said, I'm, I'm coming here to help you. I'm staying here with you. And then Saul left him. And fear wants to grip your heart because fear is the opposite of faith. Everything which is not of God, especially fear and unbelief, work it out of your life. Everything which is unrighteous, which robs you of the righteousness of God, the awareness of God's power, work it out of your life. Ask God for wisdom because fear is more deceptive than Satan himself. When God has given you a promise, 
Don't doubt. When the thoughts come, when the enemy wants to attack you, doubt your doubts. Turn to the person next to you and say, doubt your doubts. But don't doubt God. I want to share one thing. I've shared a lot of things today. But if you remember this one thing that I'm going to share now, it's going to help you to make your path straight. Who of you would like to have straight paths? Smooth paths. Polished paths. Paths filled with the light and favor of God. Oh, that sounds nice. You know, the Bible says it's in here. So go to Hebrews 12, verse 13. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible because we want to amplify this. Amen? Is that okay? Can I read from the Amplified Bible? It says, And cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths for your feet. Shout amen or hallelujah or something. That's a good scripture to underline in the word of God. It says, and cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths for your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright and happy paths that go in the right direction. Parents, can I just tell you, this is not just for you. Teach your children this from a young age. Everything you are doing is for your children to have a straight path, to have a smooth path, to move in the right direction. Teach them this principle from a young age. Amen. So that the lame and halting limbs may not be put out of joint, but rather be cured, be healed. So that which makes you lame, makes you feel not move the way that you should, makes you feel like things are out of joint, things that should be healed. Most of the hurts that you're sitting with are things of the past. Sitting, things of the past. It's Egypt. The hurts, the bondage, the slavery, the beatings, the punishment. God takes us out of that. But you're going to have to forgive and let go. Peace is a consequence of being linked up with God. He says, if you want your paths to be straight, God wants to give you straight paths. Guess what? The devil does not want you to run a straight path. God wants to make your way smooth. The devil wants you to run a rocky road. Am I talking to the right people here? What does the next verse say? It says, pursue peace with everybody. Turn to the person next to you say, everybody includes the person that made you angry. Turn to the person on the other side, say, everybody, everybody. is everybody. everybody. It says, if you want your path to be straight and smooth, pursue peace with everybody. And holiness, for without it, no one will ever see the Lord. Matthew 5, verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. If you want to run a straight, smooth path, Guess how it starts? It starts with a heart that's at peace. With God, number one, and with people. Everybody. Your boss. Your colleague that's pointing the finger. Your family that's making you angry. Am I talking to the right people here today? If you want your paths smooth, 
You're going to have to take that thing that upsets you, that hurts you, put it in the hands of Jesus. Because those hands of Jesus has got holes in them where he died on the cross for that thing that's making you angry. So why do you stay angry if Jesus died for it? As Christ has forgiven us, let us forgive. Peace of conscience is the inheritance of saints when we accept what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. You want your paths to be straight. That business partner that cheated you, forgive him. That close friend that disappointed you and hurt you, forgive them. Mm. Mm. What word is that? What word is it? That's a new word. Mm. <laughs> the Bible says, Blessed is the man who makes Christ Jesus his source. His source. I want to link, be linked up with God, but when you are linked up with Christ Jesus, you are linked up with forgiveness. You are linked up with holiness. You are linked up with righteousness. Now you'll know where God guides you, he will provide as well. I'm going to close with this. In conclusion, Moses, he knew that God held his life in his hands. He said, I'm not going into the promised land unless you go before me. He says, I might be going into the promised land, but I know there's giants, I know there's high walls, I know there are beasts there. Unless you go before me, I'm not going, Lord. I'm not moving anywhere. Moses knew putting his life in the hands of God will bring peace in his heart. He prayed like prayers that really shake you. When God wanted to wipe out everybody that committed idolatry, most people will say, yeah, they're not serving you. They didn't serve God. Yeah, no, no, they should have known better. Let them die. Moses said, no, God, you cannot kill them. You cannot take them out. If you're going to do that, take my name out as well. What a heart for people. What a heart for people. He says, you've made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What will people say if you do this, God. Go read Exodus 31, 32, 33. See what happened there. A heart for God's people. It says, I'm not going into this promised land unless you've gone before me. He had an understanding how much he needed God. Shepherds can lose sheep. But the great shepherd, he says, everyone that's been entrusted to me not one of them can slip out of my hands. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've gone through, the mistakes that you have made. I think I'm going to preach this in the future. Because many of you have made so many mistakes that you think God has disqualified you. And God cannot use you anymore. That's a be quiet. Now I'm concerned. If God has planned it for you, His grace is there to see you through. Go look at Peter. That's why Peter's in the Bible to give us hope. Peter messed up big time. I mean, the one minute he's saying, Jesus, you're the Christ. The next 
Well, two, three verses after that, he's hearing, Satan, get behind me. The one minute he's walking on water, the next minute he's chopping off somebody's ear. The one minute he says, Jesus, I'll follow you everywhere, the next minute he hears the rooster crow. Am I talking to the right people? Denying Jesus. He's the rock. And he's saying, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Jesus what? A matter of fact, the Bible says there he started dropping some bad words. And Christ comes and he affirms his love three times. Peter denied him three times. But he said, Peter, I've still got you in my hand. Satan wanted to take you out, but I've been praying for you. Not that you won't go through it, that your faith will not fail. That you will remain in faith so that I can take you from where you are to where I want you to be. That's the God that we serve. When he holds you in his hands and he holds your future in his hands, he will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. I'm closing with this. We know that Psalm 90 is written by Moses. We don't know who wrote Psalm 91. But if Moses wrote Psalm 91, it would make a lot of sense. Because what does it say? It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Who was the one who saw the cloud by day? Who walked under that shadow of the Almighty? It was Moses. Who was the one who saw the fire? It was Moses. He had the revelation that God is not just gone before me. He doesn't just hold my future in his hands. He's over me. He's the fire behind me. He's the one making my way straight and smooth to take me from where I am to where he wants me to be. He holds you in his hands. Sila, give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.